Story Guys is a fake game show. It's a storytelling game show. That's right. With Doug Llewellyn. No, actually, he's nowhere near <laughs> no, here. Mark Summers. That's right. Mark and Summers is my game show guy. Who's your is, Who's your game show guy? Uh, I like Wink Martindale. Oh, okay. Okay. Or how about Chuck Woolery? Chuck, remember that guy? Chuck Woolery was great. But Wink Martindale had the best name of any television personality. And you know what? I bet that's his real name. You think you think Wink is his real name? What's that short for? Winkle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah oh right. man. So we're Mark and Brian, but we're not Mark and Brian from commercial radio guys who whatever those losers uh, who are unemployed. Oh uh, yeah, that was a show, wasn't it? Oh yeah. I was always like, yeah, that's why we can't do that. But that's all right. Murdoch is a cooler name for the radio or a podcast. And we, what we do is, uh, we play this game where we have a topic every week, and then we each tell a story from our lives, somewhat associated with that topic, and uh, then we decide who has the better story, and whoever has the best story wins fake points and a fake crown, and you know that's it. And before we get there, since we started talking about Chuck Woolery and Wink Martindale. Old school television game show, your favorite, go. Uh, supermarket Sweep. Um, card Sharks. Oh, I don't know Card Sharks. Oh, you don't? You know, it's back. Okay, so how's that work? It's like you go to 21. It's like Blackjack, right? And it's like, okay. And they're like, they put up the card, and it's like the very first one's a 10. It goes, oh, I don't like that one. I don't know. I want to change that one. And then you get a three. It's like, yes, higher. So you're basically just watching random Joes play blackjack. Yeah. And you're just, well, you're, you're, trying, you're trying to just keep going higher, right? And, you, and you know, if you get to an ace, you go lower. It's just, high, it's high-low. It isn't really blackjack. I made it like it's... I don't even know what game I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's higher it's higher low is what it is. I, I followed you. I but followed whenever you. you want to stop, you go freeze, and they do that. But I thought the show was being rebooted with Snoop Dogg. Really? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, which is high, great. High low, T- a new a new definition of high low. Got on, it on TBS. Yeah, I love it. So T- T- TBS takes all the dives on ridiculous like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I, they, that's actually a shorthand we use around my house. Like, oh, that movie will end up on TBS. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's just a certain yeah. quality there, but it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, but I loved Conan, and that's what happened to him. With yeah, his that's graveyard. true. That's true. So I love Supermarket Sweep. Do you remember that show? Hmm? Yeah. And I have pulled up YouTube episodes recently and made my kids watch them, and they don't seem to think they're quite as awesome. But I, what I always loved was how you were trying to shove all that stuff into that cart and there was always that person that would like get the big bag of dog food and then get frustrated because they couldn't get it under the cart. <laughs> oh yeah. We started watching Price is Right in our house. So first so I could explain just the basics about it and then I was like oh I got to show the documentary about the guy who was obsessed with it and then who got on it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah, he yeah. didn't he, he lost and then there was another guy who got on there and had the press your luck thing where he had the he guess the exact amount of the showcase showdown at the end and they thought it was rigged and drew carey is like at the end of it he thought he was losing his job it was his first season as host and he thought like because standard and practices came out and they stopped they stopped filming like everything because they didn't know if it was fake they were trying to figure out they thought that it was an inside job because they had let go the old executive producer who had been there almost as long as as uh, bob barker and that they thought there was some like loyalist who. Had I, I love the idea of an inside job at yeah, Price is Right. Price is Right. Like it's, that's what they sit around and talk about. Like yeah. someone's gonna screw us. Yeah, it's not nine eleven. It's Price is Right. 
<laughs> all right, all right. So let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. Yeah. Uh, this is a storytelling uh, podcast, and we do tell. like to start the episodes with story of the week, right? That's a story that's not one of ours that we've been engaging with recently. I'll start. Um, I have been re-engaging with the story The Goldfinch, which is a really long story. Uh, a novel by Donna Tartt won a Pulitzer a few years ago. I told my sister to read it, and I forget that my sister and I don't like the same thing, so I've basically been getting a barrage of text messages from her at random times over the past two weeks of her just like getting mad about different parts of the book. Do you know anything about this book? I don't know anything about it. So I will say it's a really interesting, very long story. It's about eight or 900 pages. I typically don't do stuff that long, but they're going to make a movie of it, so you'll hear more about it. So the movie comes out this fall, I think in maybe November. Um, Nicole Kidman is in it. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, a, a pretty good cast. Yeah. And uh, Finn, Finn, is that his name? The guy, the kid from Stranger Things um, will actually be Finn Wolfhart, which is the coolest, most rock and roll name ever. And I think he has a band. Wow. Um, he's, wow. he's in it. And I'm excited about that casting because of the character he plays. Anyway, all that to say that what's cool about storytelling, I won't tell you the story of the Goldfinch, but I will say that even when it's divisive, right? So my sister hasn't loved the book. I'm a big fan. Um, it's led to some great discussions. Like we've had a lot of great discussions. We were just trading texts this morning about kind of the ideas and the themes of the book. And one of them, in my opinion, is about how art, how we assign a bunch of value to art that the creator doesn't assign, right? So you uh-huh. assign something differently to a Dead Kennedy song than maybe even Jello meant for it to have, right? Right. So, you know, that idea of what do you assign and what do you attach, what personal baggage do you put on art? And it, it's just led to this wider discussion so that's what i love about stories is that they get you talking with people about stuff that isn't like normal conversation Sweet. so story of the week what's yours oh my my story of the week was i went to go find a clip of something on youtube and found the entire movie was on youtube so i ended up watching the entire movie so there's this uh in the 70s for people that weren't into there's a band called the new york dolls oh yeah and the new york dolls were significant in the fact very short story because rock and roll kind of went dead like the whole symbolic thing of Altamont happened and the 60s was over and then it was like Yacht Rock and right. and it's like Steely Dan and Pink, Seals and Croft right and, it's my favorite and so uh, Summer Breeze so before so before everyone else and Kiss and all the metal bands and everybody else the New York Dolls dressed up in drag and they had this really right. exciting live show and all right. that but they burned out really super fast but like every other like you know rock and roll band that gets hard fast and drugs alcohol and that's what happened right. to them yeah, yeah, yeah. so there was a bass player and their bass player's name was Arthur Killer Kane have you ever heard this it's um, a documentary about him I, I, I know that there's some New York Dolls documentaries I've been skirting around on Amazon that I want to watch but I haven't watched them yet okay it's just called New York Doll and it's about him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you haven't heard this story. I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. So um, so Arthur Killer Kane is his name. And he's this gigantic, huge man. And uh, so after the New York Dolls are over, so he, the band's over. And so he just falls and just full on alcoholism and just, he, he, he gets in bands and he moves from LA to New York and LA to New York, but nothing ever happens. And he gets married and he's just broke. And then one night he's hanging out uh, in his house and he sees Buster Poindexter, uh, who was the lead singer of the band, uh, you know, doing hot, 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 that guy. And he's, he's, in, uh, the, he's in Scrooge with Bill Murray, and he's the cab driver. And he like turns, and he's seeing the scene where his old lead singer is in the, the band, and he gets angry and beats up his wife. She runs, gets out of the house, and then he jumps out of the window. 
So he goes to the hospital. He's in, in the hospital. He's reading. He's coherent and has a newspaper. And in it, in the back of the one ads, there's a thing that says uh, a free get the free book of Mormon. Here's a phone number. Uh, so he calls it and asks for it. And so instead of them mailing it to them, they send these very beautiful women to the hospital to deliver him the book of Mormon in the hospital. Arthur Killer Kane works in Salt Lake City in the temple and in like the library. So he does like the Dewey Decimal, like he he organizes stuff and makes copies yeah. for everything. So it's his entire life where he just he found, you know, he basically his entire life was just flipped over and he he basically decided that Jesus Christ was the answer to everything and he wanted to turn his entire life around. And then he gets a phone call from someone and they're like, you know, you have three concerts booked. Uh, you're playing these big festivals. Uh, the New York Dolls are getting back together. And he hadn't played in like, you know, 30 years. Oh, so this was like recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is like last 10 years or so. Oh, and, so that's what the documentary yeah. is. is yeah. The story of him yeah. coming back into yeah. playing with the Dolls. Yeah, so, he, yeah. And there's there's a scene where he's backstage and it's the very first show. And he's got on like a real ruffly like Seinfeld shirt. And, uh, and you know, he's dressed up, you know, because he's he just looks like a guy who goes and knocks on the door trying to give the Book of Mormon to people. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what he dresses yeah, yeah, every yeah, yeah. day. That's his outfit. Uh, and he's he asks Buster Poindexter, he asks him, he goes, so what, what's up with the T-shirt? The T-shirt's out front. You know, everyone's buying these New York Dolls T-shirts. And he goes, oh, that's a little business outfit we got going on out there, Arthur. And he goes, but you don't get your cut because you're just going to give it all to the church. And then Buster looks and points and goes, oh, and he realizes all on camera. Didn't realize he was being filmed like he gets caught. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to tithe. We're going to tithe for you, Arthur. But it's this amazing, cute redemption story. It's like the little old ladies in the temple. Like They're like, we didn't know we knew a rock star because didn't talk about it. He was just a guy. Um, but it's it's an amazing story. So, so New York Doll is the name of the doc. New York Doll, yeah. New York Doll, The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. Those are our stories of the week. And now yeah. it's time for us to tell some stories to each other. Yeah. Game show. Game show. Fake game show. Fake game show. Fake okay. points, real story. So here is uh, the... Uh, this is the story starter for this week. Every, every week we pull a story starter, which is just a bunch of song titles written on pieces of paper. Uh, and then we go from there. So the song title that will serve as our story starter today is... These are all from 80s songs, by the way. Uh, 80s-ish. This one might not. This might actually be a 70s song. Uh, take this job and shove it. <laughs> I'm choosing Dead Kennedy's version over Johnny Paycheck. Oh, got it. Then it's an 80s song, right? Like early 80s? That's correct. Okay. Also, San Francisco punk rock band, potentially racist country guy. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm 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 on board with anything Dead Kennedys. I mean, I already made a Dead Kennedys reference once. Uh, okay, so let's talk about take this job. You want to go first? You and me. I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, you're up. Um. So, uh, I got a. We've talked about our cars, our first cars, uh, previously on a show, which is fun. And we talked about you and how your dad helped you get a fake driver's license, a real you, driver's license. I continue to use it this day, Mark. Yeah, I'm gonna say fake. Don't even know how to drive a car. Brian does. Anyway, um, so I was 16. I got a, I had, you know, I had a El Camino and rocking it, sandbags in the back. And so I don't know if there was a discussion about go get a job 
you have to get a job or I was like, I want to go get a job. I don't remember. remember. Those idealistic days where you thought you wanted a job. My kids are in those. They're like, oh, I want a job. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's what you think. Yeah. You don't want anything, man. Just do this. <laughs> Just <laughs> stay away. You're living the life right now. Yeah. So um, I got a job at a grocery store and it was a very small, like independent. There was one of them. Right. It's that, a, what, did it have a sweet name like? Har- Harbors, Harbors Food Town. Oh, I like when they like put savings in the name no, of, they, a, of a grocery store. When they you tell know? you what it is, like uh, keep your cash, grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like wait, I don't think it's a good business model for the whole premise to be things don't cost that much, <laughs> right? Yeah, I get like it. like it's anyway. It seems weird. That's not what this is about. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. But um, in my head, just know that you worked at a pick pack. That's what I'm thinking. Well, it wasn't a pick pack, man. But but, it, but was it kind of like a pick pack? Well, when you think about it, it or was a save a lot. No, it was a it was a it was a local owned grocery store, and I swear I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna see it this weekend. I think it's still open, but like you know, different. It's just still like different owners or whatever. Right. They have roasted chicken, like the chicken that's yeah, 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 more yeah. delicious. It, the whole store smells like it when you walk in the door. Yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but so. Mr. Harbor still was there, I think, when I maybe started, and then he wasn't. And then there was a different guy, different manager guy or whatever. But initially, what I did was I sacked groceries, but I took them out to the car, too. So it's like the full serve, like when you pump the gas. For the I, I just want to point out that Murdoch was not born in 1940, but it kind of sounds like it from this story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so uh, yeah, so I would, take, I would take the groceries out to their car and put it in their car. And it wasn't like there was a rush, you know, on Friday afternoon, uh, you know, so it wasn't like there's all these cars in the parking lot. There's like 8,000 people in this town. So they're not all in this one side of town and this, there's no, nothing, there's nothing on either side of this thing. There's a new neighborhood, I think, and a vet. I think there's a Got vet it. next to it, but Got before it. there was nothing. So what you mean is Metropolis. That's right. Gotham City. Buck you, you grew up in Gotham City. That's right. Dan, Dan, Batman. So, um... I, that's what I initially did. And sometimes I'd get tips for taking out the groceries. There was one lady, I remember, she was a uh, shoplifter. And instead of busting her, it would be someone's job to walk around and eyeball what she had. And then they would just ring it up at the register. <laughs> that was a thing. Like, did someone come back and pay her tab later? No, they should just ring it up and they wouldn't tell her that they had charged her for the thing she's stolen. That's what they would do, you know, so they wouldn't they wouldn't send her to jail or do anything. Oh, they, got it. So she would be coming through the line with other she, things. Right, right. But she, then they also knew like in her purse were three cantaloupes. Right, right. It's a giant purse. Got right. it. Okay. <laughs> cantaloupes. It's more like kraut and weenies or whatever. Yeah, you know? no, like no, no, no. It's more fun. Slide. It's more fun to think that she just has a giant bag with her and she's like, no, nothing here. Nothing to yeah, see here. There's nothing there. Well, I got a shoplifting there on top. That's, that's probably the thing I want to tell you at the end, but... Uh, and then I, I forget what it's called, but then I would make the shelves neat. You know, I'd like move the... I, I think that's called making the shelves neat. I don't... There is a verb for it, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know what that verb is. Please hit us up. We are the story guys at gmail.com. I don't know. G- give us a singular verb for making shelves neat. It's not blocking. Uh, that's acting, which I'm not doing now. Um, and then at some point, I got to do the real cool stuff, which is I got to unload the uh, the produce truck. That happened. That was when I knew like big business, man. 
I like kind of done. A, I was doing other things, right? You get to touch all the pineapples. Yeah, and then I would uh, the stuff would come off the truck, and I had a box cutter, so I'd never had a weapon ever. Like <laughs> I never had a screwdriver. It's concerning or a to me that you that's how you categorized it, not as a tool. You were like, they're handing me a, a weapon, a box cutter. Is that how everything is? In, in, in I mean, was that kind of the mindset? And I'm not asking this being smart aleck. Like in Lewisburg, Tennessee, small town, Tennessee. Is everything kind of a weapon? No, I'm going to tell you why it was a weapon. I didn't think about it except that, like, I knew I could cut myself, but I do. That's how you open boxes. It's sure, a very sure, efficient sure, way sure. of doing it. So the the there was a man who worked there, and a friend of mine who I grew up with my entire life, like kindergarten through high to graduation, uh, like senior in high school, and we worked together at one point, and I watched this uncomfortable scenario happen where the manager guy would be a little handsy with other men so instead of like being like you know weinstein he was like a little handsy with other guys he wouldn't do it with me for some reason maybe he could just tell (laughs) i don't know but anyway i watched this happen this interaction happen with this other friend of mine and he took the box cutter and he took the box cutter out and he he like put it up to his face and it was like don't even get that's why you knew it was a weapon that's when i knew it was a weapon that's when you knew when you got a box cutter it's a big deal. That's that is when I knew that that was a weapon. I just like this is how I open this is how I open boxes, Dad. Just so naive about everything in life when I was a kid. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, so I so I would like fix the shelves. I take the pro like the put the produce off the truck. I would open boxes. You um, watch assault and battery. Um, yeah, that 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 happens sometimes, and then. Uh, I went to my first, because of that, there was a girl that worked there who took me to like my first like really weird like party that was like with none of my friends with a lot of older people. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, <laughs> like that was, that was really neat. And that was the, and, and when I was in her car, I remember that was the first time I ever heard Bob Marley and she was singing it. And I was mm-hmm. like, what mm-hmm. is this? Like it was a life changing experience that I've never forgot about. Never forgot about any of that. Forgot about her singing it, her face, and all of that, right? Um, but the part that I want to talk about <laughs> to end our story <laughs> that I discovered was a thing that happened every week, all the time. And I never did this because I thought it would be an awful thing to do. Like, my conscience wouldn't work. But, you know, you go into a grocery store and you can buy those, like, crappy styrofoam coolers. You know, yeah. those really cheap ones. You can buy the nice ones, but sure. the styrofoam coolers. I think I have them. one or two of those in my garage right. currently. Yes. So there was this one guy. Uh, he had a younger brother who once at a, at a, a party wanted to uh, kick my butt, apparently. Kick my ass. I walk in the party and they're like, blah, 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 wants to kick your ass. I'm like, I've never spoken to him. Like, that's how weird that was. He had this older brother. So... Like every Friday or Saturday when I'd be working, he would have a styrofoam cooler and I knew what he was doing. He would throw the beer in the cooler and he would go and walk right up to the lady who I knew, buy the cooler and walk out. Like every week though? That doesn't seem like that gig would work all the time. Well, she was she was in on it. So I mean, it was, it was uh, a thing. She knew who he was. So he was a teenager. It was not legal. Uh, to Got buy it. alcohol, period, and to steal it. I never would have thought of that. And no, because we don't think about stealing because we're dorks. Like, it's not like in our, <laughs> like, there's something that happens to some people where it's like, You're, this is illegal and double illegal, stealing. 
But yeah, so I used to see that all the time. So whenever I'm at a freaking grocery store <laughs> and I see a man with a styrofoam cooler, I'm always like, what's in that what? styrofoam cooler? What's in the box? Yeah. What's in the yeah. box? Yeah. There's and, like an alternate version of seven where all that's in the box is, yeah, is yeah. beer. And, and, and there was, and I was checking, I had to buy a gigantic cooler this summer for a, for a thing we where we went off with a bunch of families. I mean, and the biggest cooler I've ever bought. I felt like such a ginormous man. Like, I need to go put it in, like, my Hummer in the parking lot. It was so big, <laughs> so stupid this cooler was. And there's this lady that works at the Target. And when I came home, I mentioned to my wife, I was like, do you know the lady that, that works at the Target that's like Kristen Wiig? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah. The lady that's like Kristen Wiig at the Target. I was like, oh, that's weird. You know her, too. Because I walked up, and I mentioned a, something to her, and she goes, is that your cooler? And I was like... Oh no, I'm buying it. And she goes, Oh, I just thought that was what you were carrying all your things in when you're buying it. And I thought, I could have stolen everything I wanted to from Kristen Wig in the Target. And did you did you fill it with stuff while you were in the Target or was it empty I, when you took it through the line? I did. I used it as my cart, but then I took everything out of it. Oh. And then I had to explain to but her she that just, I was she just thought that you brought it. That's hilarious. I had to explain to her I was buying the, the, that too. She thought it was like I had brought that in that had like stickers all over it and stuff. So, so cooler trauma is really the story for you. The the is it styrofoam no, or it, just cooler trauma? It is funny when you're talking about jobs, right? About the things like you learn things at high school, and you know, the, growing up when you're around other kids in the neighborhood or whatever, you learn about how people interact differently and how families are different and all that kind of stuff. But the thing about that first job is it's the first time that you see kids learning how to be adults oh. in a very adult setting. Yeah. Right? Like, so, because even high school is, like, contained. Like, it's all kids, right? Huh? But if you're working at a grocery store or at a fast food restaurant, you you have these interactions with people, and you also have people that work with you that are older, right? So, it's like this first time, that, and you're all on the same playing field, right? There's always, like, that guy that's the fry cook that clearly has really needs to get his life together, who's... Yeah. To, to teaching you about all kinds of terrible things when you're working in the kitchen with them. Um, like, every restaurant has one of those. So, your point, like, I love in your story, like, this idea of the girl who takes you to the party, right? Oh. <laughs> I wanna love ya! I remember the moment. I was like, what is this that's not Motley Crue and Kiss? <laughs> so, you know, and then the idea of watching people misbehave, right? But you also knowing the implications at that point of... I'm old enough for this to be a real problem. You said, I think you said like double whammy, right? Like it's illegal twice. You're yeah. stealing something yeah. that you're not allowed to buy. Yeah. I did know that other people sometimes were coming in and buying alcohol and they shouldn't have been buying alcohol. I yeah. saw that, but yeah. for me it was like, oh, okay. So, you know, when you talk about jobs for me, I mean, I had the typical teenage jobs, right? And I had the, I worked at fast food mostly, a couple different places. And there was a lot of, what comes to mind is these like sitcom like situations where you have like all these people that spend four or five, six nights together a week slinging fast food and french fries and that kind of stuff and the weird things that happen between them. And just, you know, just like that. It's not a great story on its own, but just the idea of this, yeah. you know, teenagers being teenagers and figuring out life together while they're also making food and making poor decisions and not being probably health code. Just at all, right? Yeah, you got the, to the see main thing I remember. I, I'm not going to talk about fast food. 
because I have a I have a story from once I kind of started in my early career that I think if we're talking about jobs I need to tell. But I do have this thing I like to talk about from my days at Sonic because I worked at Sonic Drive Through for years and years. I was so hoping we were going to talk about Sonic or the or the tater tots or whatever. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to talk about. Is tater tots. Have I told you this before about the tater tots and the pickles? No. So this I is just, what happens. I stop and get tater tots. No, like, that's this, what I do. So when you work in a fast food restaurant, you become a mad scientist, right? <laughs> when you're in the kitchen, because you're just bored. And so between the dinner rushes and whatever, you're just like back there playing with stuff because you're kids. And there was a kid named James. I'll never forget that. He talked like this. Yeah, James. And he listened to a lot of rap music. And he drove this big, hoopty old car from like the early 80s. Yeah. He, wore his, he wore his visor backwards. And, ah, and his pants are really low. And our manager's always coming in being like, James, pull your pants up. And James concocted this thing where it was basically like before everywhere in the world had fried pickles, right? I mean, you know, I mean, that's a thing at a lot of restaurants. But like... It, I don't know that it's it it's was, not everywhere. It wasn't at one point, right? That wasn't so, a thing. So this was he would take a he would he would be like well, you'd work at the kitchen with him. Be like, let me show you my thing, and he'd take you over and he'd show you he'd take a tater tot and he'd put a pickle on. Well, no, he'd hold the tater tot and he'd take the ketchup bottle and you'd put ketchup just on top of the tater tot, right? And then you'd slide a dill slice on on, on top. over top of the ketchup, okay? And then you'd slide another dill slice under. So you basically had like. The meat of the sandwich, it's a, it's a right, sandwich. was the tater tot. Yeah. You toss it in your mouth. It tastes like a fried pickle because you have the breaded, you have a little bit of ketchup, and you have two dill slices. I wish everyone could see my face. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to imagine what it tastes like. It's so good, dude. And I still, th- I think about yeah. that all the time. Every time I go to Sonic, I'm like, I wonder if that's just bring me a bunch of pickles and some tater tots. So and I can like, make them. Like, what if so his good. life had just changed at that moment? Someone said, ah, oh, James. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna take you to research and development and marketing. I would, great, that sounds great. Take me there. I would love to know what James is doing, and I He's, can't remember. I, so I've actually written a piece. I'll put this on the site. I wrote a piece probably a year ago or two years ago about my manager from Sonic, um, uh-huh. named Gary, and about how I've been searching online for Gary because I would really like to send him a note and yeah. let him know mm-hmm. what a positive difference he made in my life. Just you, as a great example of a guy. So I think you've you, probably heard this. Yeah, you tell me that. So I will uh, I will put that up on the site and and you can and we'll link to it and stuff on social. So check that out. But. Um, I will not. I will leave Gary and Sonic. I'm getting down a rabbit trail. Instead, let me tell you this story. It's not super long. I, my, when I worked in radio, I had worked in the same building for a while and gotten promoted into different positions. And I ended up getting promoted after part time. I went into full time working at a little flanker station. I won't explain what a flanker is, but you know, um, this little station that wasn't performing super well and it wasn't meant to. And it was basically me and my boss. And my boss was, there's a lot of stories that aren't really like family-friendly podcast appropriate about what what that guy did to all kinds of people, including his wife, and how he got in a lot of trouble, and I ended up getting his job. That's not the story I'm telling, but but it is interesting to know that's how it ends, because I think it makes me look better in this story, because otherwise I, I don't look, I look like a punk in this story. So we had to categorize all of this music in a computer system. And I'm Gosh, gonna, how long ago? Yeah. Right? So I'm gonna go as basic as this, but you're gonna know, like, you'll know the software I'm talking about probably. So we had to go in and take all these tracks, and I forget exactly what we were doing, but there had to be some kind of notation put into the computer on every track that we played, hundreds and hundreds of songs. And he asked me to do it, and then he told me how to do it, and I realized very quickly that the instructions he had given me were wrong. 
that he was having basically he was having me put like this isn't what it was but it was basically like he was having me put the song title name where the artist should go like for this piece of software like the way it was designed and he kept insisting to do it the other way and I went to him several times and said hey I don't think this is the correct way to do this like if you look here it's this and he'd be like no 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 he'd just be dismissive and I'm like well the problem is that if we categorize this all the wrong way in like a week you're going to realize it's wrong because the system's not going to work right yeah and he just kept telling me, like, he just kept ignoring me and being like, no, nah, man, just do what I said. So I got really frustrated. And this is such a thing to do when you're, like, in your early 20s. I just typed into one of the, like, on one of the blank screens. Like, I started doing it. And then I, I typed things in the way he told me to. And then I put in parentheses, even though this is the wrong way to do it. And I've told him it was the wrong way to do it, like, five times. Wow. And for some reason, I saved it and left it there. <laughs> so, like, the next day, I get called in. Hey, uh, I want to talk to you. And I was like, and I, for, I kind of forgot that I'd done it. Yeah. And he's like, what is this? This is insubordination. And this is, like, the only time he ever tried to, like, be a boss. Like, the rest of the time, he was just out drinking and doing things he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, and not showing up for work. And he's like, I'm writing you up. And I was like, writing me up? What does that mean? And that was the first time I'd ever been like officially disciplined. Because when I worked fast food and stuff, I was like the model kid, you know, because I, we've talked about my upbringing and stuff, right? So you, if you've, even if you've just listened to this podcast and that's your only way that you know me, you know enough about me to know kind of, you're getting a merit at work. Right. So I am, I'm getting actually in real trouble in the real world like kind of for the first time like i never really gotten like you're in trouble yeah um in a professional setting before um so yeah so i'm i was being a punk like now as an adult i look back and having managed hundreds of people and had tons of interns and stuff and i'm like dude that was not the way to handle that situation i was 100 percent in the wrong but i also know what ended up happening to that guy that i used to work with and I ended up getting his job because he quit showing up for work. So I don't feel as bad about it when you know that detail, but I still probably should have been better behaved. Isn't it funny how, like, I tell that story and I think about, like, well, I wouldn't want my kids to not do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I f- like it, it puts a different shade on it as opposed to just me. Now I'm like, oh, well, I have to think about how this story reflects me to my kids and what they would take from that, what they would do with it. So... Anyway, there it is. That's well, my story. I, take this job. And I did feel like, dude, you should take this job and take it somewhere else and shove it. And um, he was like, oh, cool. I'm just not going to show up for work, and you can have it instead. Wow. So that's what I did. That's how you – it's great when those things happen. My like illustrious that. career in broadcast and really my, got kick-started there. And my career in bagging. <laughs> in, in product protection and theft control. That's right, man. I, this I is, failed at all that. If things if things aren't working out for you at your current gig, man, this is what you do. You just go into Walmart and you're like, "Listen, I am your guy." Listen, you were in, in this case. Okay, I can break these. I can break this down for us right now in a very different way. Okay. Okay. You were a whistleblower to what are you a guy about? To, to a guy who wasn't categorizing the songs correctly. Yeah, but in, he in was. Software. I was going to have to redo the work. Right. I wasn't trying to get anyone in trouble. I was trying to get him to realize that he was causing me a bunch of problems. You are getting so upset, sir, and not letting me finish. <laughs> Brian, I was 100% complicit in letting these young people who are minors <laughs> steal alcohol. So what you're saying is these stories that we tell on this show just basically have the same theme every week. <laughs> no, I'm saying you like, you like by being 
you know, insubordinate, you really did the right thing by trying to explain to him that he was really doing it wrong. Now, I, w- I will say... And, and all I did was, like, I was watching this happen and I didn't do anything about it. I didn't tell a boss. I, w- I will say this. I think had the roles been reversed, if your story was my story my story was your story, I think the outcome would have been the same. You would, yeah. I think you would have, having worked with you in a radio station mm-hmm. later in your life, but yeah, you would have come to me and been like, dude, this is wrong. Like, yeah. you would have been very insistent about making sure that people knew it was wrong because, because not because you want to be a jerk, but because you want to make sure the work got done right. And I would have totally let those people steal beer without blowing the whistle on them. Right. I think I didn't want to get beat up. Yeah. Yeah. Basic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Survival. Right. And, but you know, in radio people, you don't, you also don't want to have a train wreck where like everything stops. Right. Like, you like, know, you it's could, like, you could derail the whole station yeah, with there, some tomfoolery like that. Yeah. If there's two of you running the whole station, you're never there. And there's a computer running it and the computer stops. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one more thing about this guy. I'm real ready. I used to have to edit his weekend program <laughs> and, and basically all I had to do was take that noise out. Oh. Cause he would, he would be like, it's super mix eighties. Here's Murray head. I'd have to go in and take out the the chomping noise of him smacking his lips when he's saying oingo boingo. It was real annoying. I love that you I love that you edited your boss's lame. That's the stuff I had to do. I was trying to work my way up the corporate ladder, man. Man. You that know is, what I'm talking about that's because fabulous. Anyone that's ever worked in radio right now is like, dude, I feel you. Like every we Anyone has had that. Anyone that's done that. Well, especially in the last, you know, like probably not now, but 20 years ago or whatever. That that was the experience. You had to, that's how you got in and you had to do that kind of stuff. If we're making a decision about whose story is better, the Bob Marley part I've got <clears throat> is a stand, it stands alone by itself, but it's really hard for me not to think that your story is better because it, there's a, there's a certain umph about it. Like right, mine yeah. was just like the thing that you're, you know, you're a pedestrian in this thing yeah, watching w- stuff go by. I, I like your story because it's very much, you do, so we have kind of different storytelling styles, right? It's our style, yeah. How and, we and, and you you are more of a, uh, a scene-setting menagerie kind of guy, mm-hmm. right? So when you tell a story, yeah. I get kind of caught up, you, you get caught up in telling the details, so I get caught up in the details, right? Like, so for your story, I get very caught up with this, what would that have been, mid-80s? Grocery store in small town Tennessee. Late, late, late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. So 1988. Yeah. I'm sure your hair was awesome, and I'm sure her hair was awesome. Her um, hair was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, mine, mine, mine was terrible. Uh, and uh, and so then I, I have stories that are a little more packaged, typically, right? So mm-hmm. it's, this is a story about yeah. conflict and... yeah. And what I did and how I reacted and what I learned about myself. But no, man, there's that's the great thing about this show. And I think as we have other yeah. people on to tell stories, we'll hear all these different storytelling styles. Well, then it makes it difficult to make a decision in that way. Right, so we'll call it a draw. We both get 300 right. points. All right, let's, let's call it a draw. It's a draw. And you know what? The thing about the Bob Marley thing is like, now I could tell you in order the songs on Bob Marley's Legends Greatest Hits, which is, I mean, it's a, it's like Eagles Greatest Hits. Right, Like, right. I could tell you what order those songs are in because I listened to, like, the first four songs on side one going to a party. Yeah. Well, and, I, I yeah. can do that every time I hear stuff. Like, I tell all the time people will be like, how do you know that random fact about something? I'll be like, 
Oh, because I'm so well-cultured and well-read, and honestly, it just has to do with it. There's probably someone's written a song about it at some yeah. point. Like, literally, someone the other day was like, what's your astrological sign? And I was like, Pisces! And they were like, cool, do you care about that stuff? And I was like, no, there was a Smashing Pumpkins record called Pisces Iscariot that was B-Sides, and I just happened to realize, like, that was my astrological sign when that album came out. That was it. Yeah. That's the only reason I know. Yeah, and Frill, Frill and Bedazzled, the second song on it, really good. Land Landslide, the Fleetwood Mac cover, excellent. When I saw them last summer, he did Landslide. Yeah. It was nice. And anyway. S- and Stairway to Heaven. So you saw Smashing Pumpkins last summer. You did that three-hour tour. It was a three-hour tour. That is totally 100% correct. Speaking of yeah. us devolving into talking about music, yeah. exciting news. There is a, a new spinoff podcast where it's just me by myself yeah. talking about music. Well, and things that I like, but probably talking about music. The first episode should be up soon. It's about a guy named John Bellion, who I'm a little obsessed with. We'll listen to his music. I'll talk about why I'm obsessed with him, all that kind of stuff. So if you like this, you can check that out. If you don't like this, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're trying to keep it to a minimum on story, guys. Uh, let's let's wrap it up. You know the the uh, the website. What's that website, Mark? Uh, we are the storyguys.com. That's where home base for everything. Our other podcast, the uh, the other one that's going to go up with me called Let Me Recommend. Um, also. We're working on rock and roll bedtime stories, which should be coming soon, which is a really fun Mark and I talking about rock and roll stories that you might not know about from history um, and just getting lost in the details and having fun. And plus, you can listen to them with your headphones at bedtime instead of watching Netflix. Yeah. Like people do now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Or when you're jogging or, well, I I love when Marin will be on his podcast and be like, I don't know what you're doing. Like he just makes guesses on like what people do when they listen to his podcast. So while you're finishing the dishes... Uh, stamps.com yeah while you're, while you're licking <laughs> while you're licking envelopes and hoping you don't die like George Costanza's fiance stamps.com uh, we are the storyguys.com and you can also send us email I think next episode we should check the mail back too we've got some we've got some email uh, from folks who have listened to our first few episodes we appreciate you doing that send us a note it's we are the storyguys at gmail.com and we might read them on the show we might send you an emoji back I don't know whatever right um and uh, I think that's it. Anything right. else? No, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.